Hey everyone, and welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate, where surviving, thriving, and staying alive is our goal. You know, I've talked about security protection frequently on this show. And tonight is interview night. And guess what we're going to discuss? More security. Byron Rogers is a United States Marine Corps combat veteran turned a private security professional. He has successfully conducted executive protection operations in over 60 countries over the course of the last decade and has consistently worked every client demographic the private security industry has to offer. Byron is also a published author of a book, Finding Meaning After the Military, and a double psychology major, look out people, with his master's in the science of psychology in forensic psych, minoring in forensic psych from North Central University. As the CEO of Bravo Research Group, his mission is the same as it always has been, quote, to give clients more than what they pay for and establish relationships that will last a lifetime, unquote. Byron believes that through diligence, flexibility, communication, and consistent learning, there is no obstacle that he, his team, and his clients cannot overcome in order to arrive at a formula that works perfectly and specifically for each and every one of them on an individual level. With the grittiness of an infantry marine and the refinement of a corporate executive protection agent, Byron Rogers brings a firmness, finesse, and an intelligence to the industry that his clients, teammates, and employees value as well as appreciate. As a protector by nature, as well as by trade, he hosts a very large and individual, excuse me, a very large and influential private security podcast called Executive Protection Lifestyle, where the slogan is, quote, private security is more than just a job. It is a lifestyle, unquote. On an individual level, Byron dedicated his life to the private security industry, finding a love and passion for his clients and what he does that is rare amongst professionals within any vocation. Byron is also the founder of the Protection the Protector Symposium, which are events put on for protectors by protectors from all walks of life. Whether you are a private security professional, first responder, or civilian, the symposium will teach you how to take your protection skills to the next level. The goal is to arm modern-day protectors of all types with tools that will help them identify threats before they become problems and deal with them in ways that keep the innocent safe and increase on-scene accountability. Byron has been on the show before back in March in an epic interview, and he's back around my campfire with me tonight. Welcome back, Byron. Hey, thanks so much, Kate. It's an honor to be back here with you all. Um, I love the intro. I wish I could take you on the road with me and have you read that thing. It, you did such an amazing job, but it's an honor to be here and talk about protection and all those things with you and your listeners today. Awesome. Well, first off, 
as in the last interview, aside from the awesome introduction, of course, because I gave it, who is Byron Rogers? For those who didn't hear it the first time. I am a young man, you know, um, in one word, I'm a protector. Um, in one word, that's the one word I'd say. The backstory to that is um, one imperfect man who is willing to give his best. And I know that as long as I do that, by the grace of God, we'll be able to do some really, truly amazing things. Wow. What was or is your most memorable event of your career? The most memorable event or operation, like the most memorable thing that's happened in executive protection? Well, let's do both. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, I... It's interesting because my career takes a split. So I, in terms of professional, as a professional protector, um, I'd have to say one of the most meaningful moments, and it's not as cool and fun as, as, uh, as many would think, but it was, there was definitely a moment when one of my clients um, took me out and essentially like he got me a big Christmas present but it was because I'd worked for him for about seven years and I watched the relationship go from, from, you know, just being the help into almost like being one of his sons because I had protected him and his family for so many years so well. And, um, this was a client that I probably seen in the first six months that I worked with him. I probably saw 30 or so guys come and get fired. I saw, it was so hard to hang on to this client. And then after working for him for five, six, seven years, um, seeing that that relationship had turned almost like um, I was like an extended family member, that was so meaningful and so memorable. Um, even more than, you know, the sticky situations I've found myself in. And I've gotten him and other clients out of. It was, it was a very validating experience that really let me know that I was really on the right track because I see what we do as such an honorable service, you know, no greater love than this and a man that would lay his life down for someone else. I see what we do. You know, I've been a warrior since I was young. I've always known I was going to be a warrior. And I was, I asked God, like, father, how can I, as a, as a warrior, someone who's designed to use the tool of combat, the tool of violence in order to protect and in order to, you know, move the light further on this planet and, and do as well and maintain order. How can I do that positively in, in the way that you've sent me here to do it? And he's always been really faithful in giving me a mission. Uh, and this was like a chapter in my life where, you know, being patient and being graceful and being flexible and, and being long suffering and being like a faithful servant of that cause in this, in this little ecosystem of this um, client's life really paid off and it was like almost like uh i don't want to say the slave that became you know part of the family but it was like it was it was a it was almost like a well done good and faithful servant type of moment um and our relationships changed and we're still really close and i still actually work for him to this day my company services him and we have a fantastic relationship almost 15 years later um so that'd be the most meaningful experience in executive protection 
But then my career and my, my mission and my purpose in life has evolved since then beyond the industry. And now, you know, my, my mission has turned into making the world a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous. You know, I want to take the skills that I've acquired over the years and the services that I've been able to render, you know, the, the 1% of the 1% around the world. And I want to make those skills, I want to infuse those skills into the general population of the world so we can increase on-scene accountability in the world so that evil fears good even more so that, you know, body counts aren't in the double digits when one wolf rears his, his ugly head. I want to increase the white blood cells in the, the body of humanity around the planet. And so now my mission really is to take those skills through online training tools and through in-person training tools and i want to really really equip good people to be willing capable and prepared to stand up in the face of evil so that we can extinguish it much more quickly and effectively uh, when the time comes and that leads into the next moment that was probably the most meaningful which was when i was standing on the stage of my first protector symposium which is a live event that i've created just to, to do just that and i saw 250 people before me that had the protector DNA, that, that got it, that got themselves to the event and um, valued what we were doing. And we had a life-changing training experience. Uh, and it just let me know, like, you know, they say, I've, and I don't even remember, it may have been Mark Twain, or I forget who said the quote, but there's two very important days in your life, the day you're born and the day you realize why. And that was that second day, at least for now, you know, that purpose has really fueled me and driven me. And I, it, I feel like it's a righteous and worthwhile purpose. Um, to be able to do this work by the grace of God. Wow. Well, I heard a rumor. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, uh, and this is going to put you at 50 notches in everybody's belt, that you were at and was one of the protectors at President Trump's inauguration. <laughs> There's always a little bit of truth to uh, to rumors. Um, yes, yeah, it was. It was one of the most beautiful operations I was honored to be a part of. Um, got to see the inside of the Capitol. Got to see that Trump and his um, party, his constituents, prayed in the name of Jesus before every single event. It was outstanding. Um and, and really got to see things from the inside out. Um, and then got to contrast that with what was on the news, which was a complete joke. Uh, it was nothing like they reported it. Um, of course. It was, yeah, of course, right? Which, you know, that and taken together with what I saw in Iraq and saw on TV, I've just always written the news. It's, it's, it's like uh, soap operas for adults, basically. But um, I, I, I was one of the greatest honors of my life to be in terms of what I've done in the industry to be part of that operation and to be able to serve on that detail. It was a tremendous experience. Wow. I'll bet it was. I'll bet it was. And I'll bet you were grinning the whole time. <laughs> you know me. My smile is my most dangerous weapon. Yes, it was. <laughs> it absolutely was. I, I was. I had a great time, you know, working with those guys at the top of the game. Can you explain the Protector Symposium, how it came to be, and who are some of the instructors? So, the Protector Symposium is a live 
training event uh, that I've put together in order to help people increase their PQ, their protection quotient. You know, and it is in alignment with that purpose of making the world a safer place by helping good people become more dangerous. So whether you're in law enforcement, whether you're a professional protector like myself, whether you're a responsible civilian that realizes that protection is the one capability, the one skill, the one inalienable right that you have that allows all of the other rights to exist, right? We, we live in beautiful places, many of us, that allow us to do these things and have freedoms, and that only exists because of protection, the protection we all enjoy that allows for freedom. Um, and uh, the event, I, I, you know, when I was thinking about how can I turn normal people, you know, whether you're a police officer or whether you're military, because for me, you know, I've always had the warrior ethos has always been a part of me. My father's a hard man. He's a martial artist. He's, you know, started the first two task forces in another country. Um, so I, I've eat, slept, and breathed combative behavior and tactics my whole life. Um, and so for me to think, like, how can I help a normal person? How can I help a mom? You know, how can I help a human who's not as physically potent as me? You know, it's not a 240-pound, you know, athlete. Um, how can I help someone who's 110 pounds become a better protector? Because they need the art of protection almost more than someone like me, you know? But then how can I help a police officer? How can I help that guy who's about to go on a deployment and might have to fight for his life in the next few months? Um, how can I really reach those people with effective tools? And that's how I got into the Protector Symposium, the idea behind it, is I'm going to create a live event. And it's not just going to be another training operation where you just go and you learn at a range with a sensei or a professor or a firearms instructor or whatever it is. You're going to learn the things that really matter, which, in my opinion the soft skills of protection. So the theories behind protection, the software, you know, what are you thinking? You know, perspective dictates performance. The way you see the world will dictate the way you move through the world. And if you can understand how to live a safer pattern of life and you can understand the principles behind the hardware and the tactics, you're way more efficient and effective at being a protector than just relying on your physical capabilities that not everyone has. So the structure for the symposium is we do at least a, a day of theory and soft skills. And as you guys can see on my social media, I do these tactical protection reviews where I take real world violence and then I go in ahead and I dissect it and I go into it and I show you the way that a professional protector looks at it, what could have been done um, and, and help you understand the ology behind actually navigating your life more safely. And the, the real-world violence is great because it gives you a chance to see what's really happening in the world. And um, it can cause you to realize the reality of these situations. And then you can think smarter and move smarter and be safer as you go from your car, you know, to work or from your work building to your car. Or you stop at a gas station, right? And so, you know, that soft skill component is so terribly important for everyone. Um, so I focus on that. And then the next part of the symposium... We, for the next two days, we focused on the hard skills, which is this is where you learn the tactics and the techniques behind the theories that you learn um, in the auditorium with everyone on the big day. So, um, and of course, you know, wanting to give tremendous value, I usually bring together about five different world-class instructors that some people know, but many people don't know because these people have government contracts. They teach 
individuals at the highest levels of the, uh, the elite fighting forces in America and around the world. So they're not, you know, maybe not as big on social media, but these guys are the guys that governments pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to train their troops. And I, I bring those people in about five of them in to take anyone who's willing to learn the sacred art of protection. Um, and we go deep for, for this upcoming one is going to be 72 hours. And, uh, the instructor list that we have is, uh, comprised of Lieutenant Colonel Grossman who wrote the book Ooh. on combat. On yes. Yeah, and he's a sheepdog. He's the like kind of father of the sheepdog theory. Like he's the guy who's really gotten that out there and, um, on combat, understanding the psychology behind combat, understanding the psychology behind, you know, killing and all these different things and how humans, uh, biologically and psychologically react to it. Uh, and it's very important for us to understand these things because you never know when you're going to be faced with these types of things, what your body's going to do when you're dealing with a life threatening situation that could literally happen any day that you're out you know, as you walk the planet or as someone tries to enter your home, especially these days, as we see violent crimes happening at a more and more uh, exponential rate. So Lieutenant Colonel Grossman's soft skills, amazing. Uh, he's probably one of the top uh, law enforcement instructors in the country. Um, he's certified in all 50 states. So Lieutenant Colonel Grossman, and then we have Jared Wahungi. He's going to be teaching integrated combatives. We have two instructors on integrated combatives. Jared Wahungi is taught all around the world, um, uh, elite fighting forces all around the world on integrated combatives. And integrated combatives is, you know, can you make it from a physical altercation into drawing a weapon? You know, a lot of people buy guns or they buy a weapon and they think they're safe because they have a firearm, but they don't realize that the tactics you're able to implement in order to be able to earn that draw and effectively implement that draw if you're not on a range where everything in your environment is designed for your comfort and effectiveness. Um, that's really what makes the difference because combat is dynamic and it's extremely athletic sometimes. There's a lot that goes into it. So he's going to teach integrated combatives. I also have um, Tony Sentmanot of Real World Tactical. Um, he's one of the most sponsored combative instructors in the world he's got the most sponsorships one of the biggest in the world he's taught SWAT departments you know both these guys are SWAT guys um uh Tony also was a marine um very highly decorated officer uh he is one of those guys that's so legit he's got a call of duty character uh built in his like in his in his likeness uh because he's just he's a monster man with a gun and he's very efficient very effective and he's also going to be our our second integrated combatives instructor. Um, and then we've got uh, Craig Douglas, uh, AKA South Narc. He's a narcotics officer. He's been also, you know, kind of off grid teaching agencies. Uh, his company's called Shivworks. And what he, he used to do is he, you know, did a lot of dope deals because that's the type of law enforcement he did. And so he had to be in a lot of really, really, really dangerous situations in very close quarters with legitimate gangsters, legitimate bad guys. And he got into a lot of fights inside cars, a lot of fights inside back alleyways. And so he teaches what I call the Formula One of personal protection, which is fighting inside of a vehicle, fighting five feet and in, entangled combatives. So can you earn your draw, really? Or are you a person bringing a firearm to an altercation that makes you a liability? Because what people don't realize is if you have a firearm on your person, and you get into a physical altercation, instantly that fight is a life-threatening altercation because if you're incapacitated or if that other person overpowers you, now you're at their mercy 
and there's a firearm involved. So he's going to teach us the Formula One of personal protection, which is being able to draw that weapon inside of a vehicle. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 if you can draw your weapon inside a vehicle, you can earn that draw anywhere in any environment. Um, and then finally, we have Mike Pannone, who is literally a living legend. He was Marine Corps recon. He was Delta Force. He was a plank holder in uh, the air marshal shooting program. He built that program like shooting inside a tube with lots of heads and civilians running around. You have to be surgical. He built the program. Uh, he's one of the first contractors overseas. Um, he actually has one eye, but he still comes and does shooting competitions and smoke checks all of us. Um, and he's just had an amazing career, and he's still teaching those at the top of the game. He's going to teach us how to fight around vehicles. And the reason we have vehicles that uh, the reason we're focusing on vehicles is because transitional spaces are where 80 percent of violent attacks happen. You know, and when you're moving from one safe place to the next, if you see my tactical protection reviews, 80 percent of them easily are around vehicles or when people are moving from one safe place to the next. So we're focusing on these hard skills. All of these instructors will teach the soft skills on Friday and then we will go to the range and we will learn the hard skills with simunition and live fire. And if you're new to this realm, um, understand that we are going to group you with people who are at your same skill level. And these instructors have been teaching for decades. They will meet you where you're at and they will help you improve your skills where you're at. We're going to go with small class sizes. So it'll be very high touch. You'll get a lot of attention. It'll be you and 10 other people doing the best you can to become better. And it's a beautiful, safe training environment. Uh, you know, some of the females had some hesitancy that I've talked to. They're like, I don't know this. I don't know. There's going to be a bunch of guys. It's going to be so physical. We have females coming. Most, most That's of the best part. Yeah, man. So most of my instructors say the women do better than the men because the women actually well, of course we do, do what they're told. You know, like, <laughs> The men all think that they're like John Rambo and they try to do their own thing and like mess it up a bunch of times. But um, uh, so it's going to be one of those environments where everyone's going to get a whole lot. And last time we did it, honestly, the class got so close. There were tears when it was over. People, it was a life changing experience because it's going to show you what you need to know. And it's going to show you where you're really at. And it's going to and it's going to set you on a path for getting better. So those are the in-person portions of it, but I also have it, we have a digital library of all of the other three symposiums we've had that you can find online. We, this will be recorded, the soft skills will be recorded, not the hard skills, so you'll have access. You can live stream the event, you can get a ticket online if you're not able to attend, so you can see it live while it's happening, and then we'll make sure and you, that you get the edited, um, actual produced version, the video product to keep and like force your loved ones to watch because they need the information, um, <laughs> you know, like I'm going to tape my daughter's eyes open and make her watch it. No, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's stuff so important, you know, cause you don't think you need until, until you do, you know, when you, when you, when you need a parachute, what you need is a parachute. So we're building that thing before we jump out of the plane, you know, or before the plane goes down. Well, it's, it's better to have it and not need it. 100%. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you brought up women that could feel intimidated because of the men. Yeah. Um, there, there are a lot of lay people out there. They want to learn, right. but the intimidation factor amongst so many high qualified professionals, which that is exactly what you want. Right. Um, can you teach that lay person in these classes? Absolutely. So, and that's kind of, 
so much of it is is really what I those are the people that really need it that really want, that I really want to have come to the event because if you can learn how to live a safer pattern of life then you can avoid 90% of the things that 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 could try to victimize you and your family and that's kind of the hack and it it's difficult to market because people don't tend to find as much value or think there's as much value in like um, learning how to protect yourself without a gun, you know, but what I do for the 1%, you know, what I do for, you know, my VIP clients is we assist them in living a safer pattern of life. And that's really what it's all about. So learning the principles and the ology behind these things, uh, especially on like a Friday is huge. It's tremendously valuable. Looking at the library we have of instructors teaching you uh, the soft skills, which is how you learn to live a safer pattern of life, behavioral profiling, proxemics, how to deal with fear when you're ambushed, all these different things, um, and what it takes to actually effectively move with a CCW and not um, give yourself away, and all the different, um, all the different uh, nuances of that. These are the things that get you way, way, way ahead of the game. At this venue, we're going to study all those things, but then we're also going to get into you know, the hard skills as well. But when we do, you'll be in a group of people. We're going to set, we're going to, we have a questionnaire. We're going to understand your, um, your, your level of effectiveness and experience. And we're going to put you with a group of people that are in the same boat. Um, and you're all going to learn together. And these instructors are, I mean, they're tremendous and they, they, we all want those people to come to the event. And it's an honor. Absolutely. I'm going to do something that I've never done on a show before. Um, for an inexperienced individual who wants to attend Byron's Protector Symposium, contact Byron. I don't care if there's five people. Byron can choose the one. He can draw a name, however he wants to do it, and I'll pay for it. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. That's beautiful. Thanks. So that's uh, that's outstanding, Kate. Well, it's it's important. It is very important, especially this day and age. Um, there's different protection training schools out there all over right. the place, and yeah. what I see in the difference with your school and what you do with the protector the protector symposium is. I have not heard you one time call any of the instructors experts. <laughs> In my opinion, this is just my opinion, but when sure. someone calls themselves an expert, you've, you've automatically lost me. Because when someone calls himself an expert, they're telling me that they do not have anything further to learn. Mm -hmm. But when you call yourself a professional, the teacher can be taught. Right. And <clears throat> to me, that is huge. That is why I'm doing what I am doing in order to help somebody. Um, I will pay their expenses for their hotel. I'll pay for the symposium for them. Um, I'll pay for their food. So somebody can get there and somebody can learn. Wow. That's huge. That's got to be, but it has to be a lay person. It, it cannot be somebody who's, who is already a professional in the field. Because that is not fair to the individual who yeah. wants to learn and needs to learn to protect their family. Right. Absolutely. So, 
with all of that being said about the difference between a professional and an expert, why should our listeners choose a protector symposium over other schools in your view? It's a, it, you know, it's, it's interesting <laughs> gotcha. because I never, you know, I'm not, I never thought of myself as a salesperson, you know, but like when I've created this and when I created my EP school, I'm like, you know, when God sits back on the, after he creates something is like, this is good. You know, I've been in the training space. That's how I feel about it. It's like easy for me to talk about it. Cause I, I know what I've, what, by the grace of God, what we've created is so much better than so many things out there that it's just an honor to talk about it. So, you know, normally if you're, and then make no mistake for those of you guys who are on the level, who are high speed, who are in the agencies, who are military, who are SWAT team guys, you're going to be in a group as well. And we're going to go hard. And we're going to go fast. Um, and you're going to get a whole bunch out of your time with us as well. You know, well, I'll pop in there and we can bang around and get after it. It's going to be so good. Um, but uh, the other, the other, the, to answer your question more directly, usually you'll go, you'll spend time with an instructor. You'll learn the hard skills. Um, and, you know, maybe it's a two-day course and you'll get a lot out of it. And it's great. With the symposium where this differs is you, for 72 hours, are going to learn from five different world-class instructors you will get a certificate with five different high power brands um, in your service, in your training jacket. Uh, you're going to learn not just the cool, fun, sexy, hardcore shooting and moving and all that, but you're going to learn the actual ology, the soft skills. We say that rookies spend money on hardware. Hey, what gun should I get? But professionals spend money on software. How do I approach this problem? How can I solve higher quality problems while dealing with a physical threat? So we sit here. And so I put together a package, a 72 hour package where you'll never get an opportunity. And I, and I can say this with pretty certain confidence to learn from five different instructors at this level on these two sides of the coin, soft skills and hard skills in 72 hours in one place. The synergy of these instructors is, is so powerful. It's just it's there's never been anything like it. There never and there never there never has been anything like it. And then the other part of it is. You leave and you get to keep the video of all of the soft skills that you went through. So there's a long tail. So when you, you're sitting there and you're like, oh, I could better take notes. It's like, no, actually, you don't really have to. You can really be present with us right now. You can learn everything with us right now. You can meet and network with all the protectors in your environment right now. And then I'm going to give you the video afterwards. So you can go back and revisit the information and really soak it up uh, on your own time when you really want to learn the, all over again and then we have the whole library there for you as well so we deliver on so many different levels multiple instructors once in a lifetime training opportunities soft skills and then you have the classroom and the online portal which is an eternal uh learning platform for you to revisit and uh, acquire more skills as we continue doing symposiums or you access the the past library and no other training event offers that usually it's like a a flashpoint. It's, oh, I went to this awesome training. It was great. I remember t 5 to 10% of it. I think I remember 20% of it. Um, but it really felt good. And now I'm out in the world. <laughs> wow. Um, I just received a text from my secretary. I got chewed out. Um, oh, no. I, I am not paying for this for one individual. My company will. So Phoenix Federation, LLC International will pay for one individual. Outstanding. 
So um, I stand corrected on that. And at the end of the show, so whoever's listening and you want to participate in this symposium, you have to wait until the end of the show to hear from Byron at the end of the show how to contact him for this. Woo! Awesome. No pressure. <laughs> I love it. Um, you are the chief executive officer at Bravo Research Group. Can you tell us about not being the chief executive officer, but the Bravo Research Group? Yeah, so really at this point in my life, I've kind of divided my businesses into two halves. And one half is serving the executive protection industry and the other, which is Bravo Research Group, you know, which is executive protection lifestyle and the League of Executive Protection Specialists that um, those brands are designed for the executive protection industry. And then the other half is the Protector Nation, which is what we're talking about, the Protector Symposium. That's where that falls under. Um, with Bravo Research Group, it's just such a beautiful, it's been such a beautiful journey. You know, I started in this industry when I was 21 years old, about three months before getting out of the uh, Marine Corps by the grace of God, like legitimately, you know, heard his voice. He told me what to do, ran into a random guy being where I was told to be, who said, hey, uh, I can show you how to make a lot more money doing what you're doing. And I was bouncing. He's like, get these certificates, hit me back in two weeks. I blink. I'm in on Rodeo Drive in the back of a Bentley doing my first job interview with my first uh, client. And, um, you know, as I showed myself faithful with that account and a number of different things happened, I rebuilt my books um, in Florida. I rebuilt my, my career in California. Um, and I did a lot of domestic contracting. So I worked for a lot of, um, a lot of different local California companies. And that's where I really learned about the industry and all the different client demographics. And then ultimately found a principal client who, um, was like, Hey, I want you to be my guy, you know? And they really put me in business and, and, I've, and that's what really gave birth to Bravo research group was relationships by the grace of God, you know? And so relationships have always been kind of my cornerstone you know I always will choose relationship equity over money and um, for me it's all about the relationship so um, now you know we put teams and create systems around families and executives and we do actually do a lot of church uh, centric protection uh, place of worship centric protection and that's a lot of my background has been traveling the world um, doing different types of missions mission trip type operations on very large levels uh, 250 people strong type venues and things like that in third world countries and stuff like that. So um, now I, it's just an honor to be able to bring those skills and that experience uh, to, you know, those people, to the right people, you know, and, and I don't really take any client. Um, I really actually, by the grace of God, fortunately get to really look and make sure that our values align and that I really want to take that person on and, um, I make sure I only take on as many as I can effectively handle. And it's turned out to be a great, great, great business practice. And I've gotten some gorgeous relationships out of it. And that's what I'm most excited about because that's what drives the business, you know. And then it's an honor to lead good people in the endeavor of protecting other humans because I still see it as such a righteous undertaking. Uh, sacred mission, you know, to be to stand between chaos and order, to stand between good and evil, Um and make sure no one gets victimized. And that's why we're strong. You know, we train to be strong. We train to be efficient, effective. I train with my guys. I train with my company. 
we don't just like get random people and you know it's not like a pickup basketball game you know um so the bravo research group side the industry side um it's an honor to be be in that industry and be elevated in that industry because of you know the various brands that i've put together for executive protection agents all over the world Hmm. What are the dates for the Protector Symposium for those who want to attend? So this Protector Symposium is coming up fast. We're talking October 1st through the 3rd. Oh, that's in two weeks. Yeah, it's coming up fast. We're going to be in Florida by Miami, Florida. Um, And uh, it's going to be amazing. It's gonna be so good. I hear you. You want me to attend? I'm in Miami, Florida. I hear you. <laughs> yeah, come on by. Being honored to have y'all. Shake your hand. You know. There you absolutely. go. Mikasa, Sukasa. I would love to attend as well too, but I have a function that weekend that's been planned oh. for months. Uh, no, okay. Uh, do you have a room in your uh, in your company to sponsor uh, my symposium, which uh, is going to be in in four weeks? And uh, it's a, an amazing thing we're doing. It's on a proper way to eat donuts and drink milk with it. <laughs> and what specific we milks to drink? The most donut <laughs> and milk eating operation. I love it. Yes. <laughs> There's tactics to everything. There's levels to these things. <laughs> you have no idea. This is serious. And people need to know the proper way to eat donuts and what milk is not lactose intolerant which is good for the common folk yeah man I, I, we I, can I discuss that after the show <laughs> okay we shall um, what is executive protection lifestyle and what is it about so executive protection lifestyle is my podcast and it's really turning into a brand where the slogan is protection's more than just a job. It's really, truly a lifestyle. Um, in our industry, you know, with a Marine Corps background, we believe in discipline and, and we have these values, you know, honor, courage, and commitment. And when I got into the executive protection industry at 21, I just noticed that some guys got it and some guys didn't. And the guys that were able to be as advertised and the guys that were able to really perform when things took place were the guys that had a lifestyle behind what they signed up to do for their day job. You know, those are the guys that are as advertised. Those are the guys I want in my detail. You know, the guys that even have the hobbies that, uh, that, that make them better protectors. And so it's really a brand that's all about bringing honor back to the executive protection professional by educating them. And we interview people at the top of the executive protection game, um, you know, Secret Service, uh, FBI, like you name it, we interview them and we talk all about the industry, talk all about protection. Um, and it's some of the episodes and some of the st- some of the content has been, you know, um, it's, it's worth college credits and things like that because it's been so effective for people who are trying to get into the industry. So it's like continuing education. Continuing education for executive protection agents, yeah. Which, you know, and then that's the gateway into, you know, my school for agents and all that stuff. Do you have merch or do you sell merch like T-shirts or coffee mugs or? Oh, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, we've 
We got all that stuff on the website, which I'm still getting better at the merch stuff. I haven't quite, I have so many ideas, but I've been so busy building events that I haven't really dialed it in. But we have some awesome stuff there. I got my hat here. I got my executive protection hat, executive protection lifestyle hat, you know. So what do, so, so what do I get? Challenge coins and, oh, what do you want? You, I, you go in ahead and pick whatever you want. I, I'd love to send you some stuff, send you a challenge coin and. Oh my gosh, I would love to get it on the air. If yes. you sent me merch, I would I would definitely I would definitely make a video and put it on would the you, air for you. Would you be on camera for the first time, Kate? No, Kate first. will not go on camera, but she can uh, invite Byron back and he can show the merch. Or or I can I can just show the merch and have someone else model it. Sorry folks. Sorry folks. Yeah, this is one of our challenge coins that we put. Well, this is for Protector Nation, but I love it because it's got so much meaning. There's so much symbolism there for protectors. I always carry one. You, uh, you, you send me some merch, and I'll, uh, I'll text you my my address. You send me some merch, and I'll, I'll get it on the air. I'll, I'll promote you. I love it. It's an honor. Absolutely, absolutely. Um. Tell us about your book, Finding the Meaning After the Military. Hmm. So when I got out of the Marine Corps um, and I was going about my life, I was, I was in, a, in a pretty good place comparative, compared to a lot of my guys, um, you know, in terms of generating income and different things like that. I had my, definitely had my run-ins with PTSD. My PTSD was different. It was much more like... Um, trying to come down from all the dopamine of the intensity of combat and the combat mindset that I had to build in order to survive. So I didn't really realize I was dealing with PTSD. I was like extremely highly functioning, extremely <laughs> intense. Like I would just go hard, go hard in the gym, be awake, you know, and, and I, I, I started going too fast after a while. But the point is, well, as I looked around and then I caught myself and I brought myself back and I used a lot of tools to do that, those tools are in the book. But then the main thing that really, really inspired that book was um, I looked around and, you know, started to hear and see and feel and experience the reality that roughly 22 veterans are committing suicide a day. And at a certain point, I realized that I lost more of my brothers to the first civilian division in the war we're fighting out here than uh, I ever lost in actual combat in Iraq. And being a squad leader and being a Marine, you know, the, the type of guy that tries to be, like it says here, Imperbless Unum, the guy that tries to be out of many one, I remember being like, you know what, this is a war and I need to do something about it and I need to contribute and I need to find a way to, um, to, to, to fight this war. And it's not the same type of war we were fighting and it's different types of tools. So that's when I got into, you know, psychology and got certified, you know, through Tony Robbins uh, Training Institute and started to get my master's degree, really started to dig deep into, you know, the tools that could help me survive. I survived by the grace of God. Some of those tools are in there as well as the bedrock of um, really ways to push through there. But um, Victor Frankel would be one of my favorite uh, psychotherapists. And he has a discipline called logotherapy. And that has to do with purpose driven therapy and finding purpose in everything 
Finding Meaning. He wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, one of the best books I've ever read. If you haven't read it, listen to it. It's an audio book as well. You won't be able to put it down. I remember hearing that once and being like, eh, okay, we'll see. The book is amazing, and it's all about how he went through. You know, he was a Jew um, that ended up being seized during uh, the war and then had to go through internment camps, and it was all about the psychology he used and has brought to the world and made the world a better place by helping humans understand how to generate empowering meaning. Um, so, you know, those were kind of, that's the, the, the guts of really what the book's about, but it's really a book about transition and realizing that you are not simply what you do for a living and how to ground your identity in things that are much more solid and beneficial and how to move through transition in a way where you don't lose yourself. And you, I think what happens is we get out of the military and something called the atrophy of identity kicks in. And this is where you have identified as someone. I identified as a squad leader. I have life and death in my hands. I had millions of dollars of equipment at my disposal. I was so, in terms of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I had my needs being met. I was at the top of the pyramid. I was self-actualized. I had social needs being met. I was someone. You lose your, your uniform. You lose your job. You retire, whatever it is. And this identity that you've built up can begin atrophying. And I genuinely believe that that atrophy of identity um, can lead to, you know, people tapping out, giving up on life. And um, and uh, the book is all about how to rebuild that. Realize that you're the common denominator in your life of every situation. And the psychological tools that have to do with simply helping you find yourself, your power, leverage that and implement it by the grace of God. And Kate might be muted. <laughs> All right, oh, sorry. There I you am go. Talking away. I'm talking away, and Kate was muted. Yeah, so see, I'm. That's why I'm the producer guy. Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> um, I've, I, I said, "Wow," and we did not even prep for these questions. <laughs> um, where can we find the book? So you can find the book on Amazon. If you type in "Finding Meaning After the Military," you can also find it on my website. Um. Should I give that to him now, Kate, or you want to wait till the end? You can give it to you now and at the end. Okay. Um, excuse me, ByronRogers.com or ByronRogersMotivation.com. That's um, B-Y-R-O-N. Yes. And then R-O-D-G, there's a D in there, R-O-D-G.com uh, or Motivation.com. Yeah. Okay. That's Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Yep. Dot com? Yep, yes. Gotcha. Yes. Or you can just Google search Byron Rogers and a whole bunch of stuff comes up on it. That's what I did. <laughs> find some fun stuff for sure. <laughs> Kate, uh, Byron, I have a question from uh, chat. Um, okay. One of the listeners wants to know, uh, for somebody who has not really made a priority of working out or being too much uh, of a... Uh, a workaholic when it comes to like, you know, keeping up in shape, uh, yeah. what do they do to get started? And like, what program do you, uh, advise for a first time starter like that? Who's not exactly a spring chicken. You know what I mean? Right. 100%. That's, that's a great question. And that's a, that's, that's a demographic that I really, really am honored to contribute to positively. Um, on that same website, when you're on my homepage, you'll see, um, our free training guide. And our free training guide is a gateway into the Protector Symposium Library, where you can learn from where you're at, you can learn online, 
you can watch the other symposiums um, at a really, really big discount. You can watch the other symposiums and you can start learning how to live a safer pattern of life. Like, I completely get it. You know, I work like really hard to be kind of like a tactical athlete. So not everyone has the capability of doing that. You know, how about, you know, the single mom who is going to be profiled and hunted while she's on her way back to her car after work late at night? You know, they're going to look, take one look at me and they're going to be like, eh, not that guy. But what about her? Or what about this other person? Or, you know, the guy that has a normal job and lives a normal life and doesn't have time to be at the gym, the mat room, and at the range, right? So what we've done is we've created a library with everything you can imagine from surviving violent encounters, how to deal with fear, how to live a safer pattern of life, how to protect and set your home up so that it's as defensible as possible and has the most deterrence as possible, um, how to set up an emergency management plan at your home, uh, like you name it. Uh, uh, behavioral profiling, which I think is just tremendously huge. You know, there's so much in there about even, you know, tactical positioning, understanding context, understanding all these different soft skill components that really will make you a, a very effective protector. You'll avoid 90% of things um, before anything physically, physical happens. And if something physical happens, you'll be in the right position and you'll already have a strategy to deal with it. And uh, things will happen much quicker and more safely, more efficiently, effectively for you. So that's where I would say to start. Go to go, that's at goprotectornation.com, or you can just go to my website, byronrogers.com, and you can, um, you'll see a big banner with all the different instructors that you're going to get to learn from in there, and uh, it's our free training guide. Good times. And I have a copy of that free training guide, too. Outstanding. I think you sent it to me, if Thank I remember you. right. You probably did. Your faith plays an integral part. Well, maybe I should say first. Um, if there are any more questions from the people in the chat, you are welcome to ask questions. Um, I'll let you know for sure. Make them difficult for Byron. Put them on the spot. <laughs> okay, your faith plays <laughs> your faith plays an integral part of what you do and who you are. Can you explain how your faith has seen you through some of your experiences? <laughs> absolutely yeah no um how much how much time you got buddy no so i when i was when i was young you know my parents did the best they could but they separated i was born in the bahamas and i grew up and i was i, I was born in the bahamas but my mom was from washington state my father was from nassau so i bounced back and forth i'd spend the summer in the bahamas and i'd spend the winters and school years in washington with my mom and, you know, in all these environments where I was like the only, you know, Washington, you know, it was all Samoans around me at one of my schools. And then it was all, you know, uh, it was, I was a one black guy at my other 6A school, you know. And then when I went to the Bahamas, I was um, the American. And it was like, hey, fat boy, hey, American, fight the American because he's soft. So I had to learn to. And then at home, I had five sisters. So I, you know, I had to learn to fight, fight by myself a lot. And it really crystallized my relationship with. God and the Holy Spirit, um, and I really always, you know, studied David in the Psalms when I would get weak and when I'd be attacked by so many things, and I, and I knew that I couldn't fight these adversaries, and God has always, always brought me through and protected me my entire life, and, you know, he's all I have, he's all I've ever had, and all I've ever been is an imperfect man, like, all I've ever been is 
an imperfect man who's just been willing to go, been willing to do my best. And he's always helped me, despite my imperfections, um, do so many tremendous things and be at the top of things and see 60 different countries and, you know, get blown up. I got hit by six different IEDs in Iraq and survived. I got hit directly by 60 different pounds of homemade explosives. And I, I, you know, in the Marine Corps, I remember we had pugil sticks and we had to fight We had to fight each other. And there's this one guy, man, his name's Heidsman. He'll forever be tattooed in my brain. Baddest dude, you know, joined the Marine, was a professional athlete, joined the Marine Corps after traveling with a biker gang. He was like 35. I was like 19. I had to fight him. I remember praying to God, you know, about it. God delivered me. Oh, God, he's to going to him. kick my butt. <laughs> yeah, I literally was like, father, I can't do this. I'm like, going I, to die. You know, and he, you know, unfortunately, Heisman got injured, you know, and didn't touch me. And I won. And I just was like, oh, my goodness, I didn't even have to. And then, you know, I, I you know, when I was five, my family, my father started the first task force in the Bahamas. And they were locking up more people than than the police were at the time. And, um, you know, there's a kind of a longer story about me hearing the Holy Spirit telling me what to do and saying, hey, go sleep in the room. And I like argue with the Holy Spirit. I'm five. Everything's real to me. You know, so I'm like, father, you know, like you, I'm going to sleep on the couch. It's comfy. The TV's on, you know, like, and I remember him being like, get up and go sleep in your, in your, in your father's room. And, you know, he convinces me to do it. And then I lock the door and, you know, and then he tells me to get my big sister. And I'm like, Hey, you know, you're supposed to know everything. If, if you know everything, you know, I can't get my big sister. She'll beat me up. And he's like, go in the living room. I'll tell you. <laughs> he's like, go in the living room. I'll tell you what to do. And I go in the living room. He's like, snatch your blankets, go in the room. Snatch your blankets, run in the room. She gets cold. The air conditioning's kicked on. We're in the Bahamas. She goes in there, comes in, slaps me, takes the blankets, lays down. You know, long story short, I wake up to people trying to pick the locks to my father's room. They're already inside the house. Wow. Um, my dad gets a shotgun and they, you hear six people run out through the living room. The Bahamas, they're there to steal stuff. The house would have been cleaned out in less than eight minutes. They wouldn't have disturbed us, but they were there to assassinate my father and kill my, kill me and my family. Um, and, uh, so, you know, God's always been with me and he's always shown me and walked me through things, big things, little things. When I got hit with 62 pounds of explosives in Iraq, the last explosion I was in, you know, I had an out of body experience. I didn't see it or feel it. I just was in another dimension and you know, I, I remember amongst a lot of other things, it's actually a pretty long story, but I remember seeing my we grandma. Have time. Oh, we have time. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, you want me to go into so Absolutely. You know, <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm on a patrol in Iraq and um I just was singing a song and all of a sudden I find myself in another place. Best way for me to explain it. I was at peace. I was totally calm. I was actually kind of jovial, which is my general countenance. And I was kind of like, oh. And I was just kind of minding my business. And then I kind of started asking myself. And it was like a black room, actually. And I remember being like, where am I? Like, what's going on? This is weird. And then I remember being able to call up my thoughts. Like, I could access them. And I remember being like, what were my last thoughts? And I saw, like, a blinking... <laughs> it was crazy, but I saw like a blinking green cursor, almost like those old MS-DOS computers or like the Matrix. And it said, why is the water cooler trying to like come up my butt? And I was like, huh? Like, was I sitting on something? And then I was like, oh, I was sitting on something. Uh, I was sitting on the water cooler 
and I was in the back of the seven ton, which is like an up armored semi truck. Right. And I was like, um, I was in the back of a seven ton and I was on deployment in Iraq. And then it started to dawn on me. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm a pile of guts on the floor in Iraq. Like I died. And I started to realize that like, that was it and it's over. And I started to see, I, I, at that moment I got hit with the deepest, deepest, the deepest feeling of sorrow I've ever experienced in my entire wow. life. I, I wouldn't wish this feeling of sorrow and despair on anyone. And it was because it was over and I knew I hadn't really lived my life fully. Like I knew, like, I was like, I just had the opportunity of a lifetime, the most beautiful opportunity this universe knows for conscious being like just to live, like just to choose what toothpaste I want to buy. Like, like I just, and I'd never, I realized that I'd never even been conscious. Like I never even was thankful or I'd taken it for granted. I'd never even really lived yet. And that was a tragedy that almost broke my heart in that moment. And then I remember, you know, my father, when I went to join the Marine Corps, um, he basically dangled me off the balcony in my hotel room after I graduated from high school. I was supposed to go to the Bahamas and learn business with him. And I said, you know, I, I, I want to join the Marine Corps. This is my plan. And he said, no. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I guess I, I better go. And then he grabbed me and like hung me off the balcony. I told you he's an intense man. He got shot at point blank range with a shotgun and he survived. Okay. This man is intense. I still wow. might have to shoot him. Like I still might not, maybe even not fight him. <laughs> you know, like, um, but, and I remember him dangling me there and he looks me in the eyes and he's like, why aren't you afraid? And I remember being like, because either you're going to drop me off the balcony or I'm going to go to the Marine Corps. And, uh, he said, okay. All right, I support you, but don't die. And when I was in Iraq and I realized that I was dead or incapacitated, that started to come back and haunt me in that split second. And I started to see all my family members and I saw my dad and I was just like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm a pilot. I can't believe this. I'm a pilot guts on the floor in Iraq. Mom, dad, and I saw everyone I, and I like kind of visited them. It was weird. It was like I was saying goodbye to everyone. And then I uh, came to my grandma, and my grandma been telling me since I was little. She was like, "You know, Byron, if anything, it's like a touched by an angel scene. It's like so cheesy, but like it's what happened. This is what happened. I can't mm -hmm. even do anything about it, you know." And and, and and she's like, "You know, Byron, if anything's ever stronger than you, you just you just say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. By the third time, it'll go away, you know." And I I started to uh, pray, and I just remember being like. Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then I got control of my body again. And I looked over. Well, and then I, I, I got back into this realm. Yeah, I got back into this reality. And I looked over at my buddy. And my buddy was sitting next to me. He was looking at my body. And I was inside the, underneath, like inside the four of the, the seven ton. And I, I couldn't really look at my body. I don't remember looking at it. But I remember looking over at him. And he was just like, oh, my gosh, this look of surprise on his face. Like, he, like they were all stunned. They didn't know what to do. And they just got blown up. And there's smoke starting to fill the cab. And I just remember being like, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Not the cab. We're in the back. And um, then I ended up in my body. And then I kept praying. And my buddies still make fun of me to this day. They're like, yeah, I remember hearing you in there. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> um, and uh, then I got mastery in my body again by the grace of God. And then this righteous anger took over and um, I got up and I just remember looking out the back and I remember the, 
the the ladder was like kind of almost jammed shut on us so we couldn't get out it was like welded shut into the body armor from the explosion um that detonated directly underneath me Jeez. um and i uh i this righteous anger came over me and i blacked out and then i woke up about 30 yards out in the middle of a field of reeds and i jumped and i sprinted out into the middle of nowhere and then i came to and i got my guys out and we started assaulting the village and found the guys that blew us up and then i saved their lives because <laughs> i didn't have to wow <laughs> but out of the grace of god so um i have the luxury of not needing so much faith anymore to know that god's with me i have a luxury of knowing that like my as long as i do my best you know i'm his responsibility Everything I could create and everything I do is brings glory to him, you know, and my failures, the times that I, 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 I'm destroyed even like he's with me, you know, and he's given me grace to move through so many things that would crush most people and into so in and out of so many areas that have destroyed so many people. Um, and so now it's just, it's beautiful because I've spent so much time on the battlefield with them that we have struggle credentials. And that's like one of many, that's one of many stories. There's another story about me almost stepping on two one five five anti-tank shells. And literally by the grace of God, I would have been pink mist. I would have been, they'd have been picking up wallet sized pieces of my body armor, 250 yards away. If this didn't, if he didn't tell me what to do and this didn't go the way that it did. Um, so I just, you know, at the end of the day, I hope that people look at my life and, they see what one imperfect person can do by the grace of God if they just are good stewards with what they have and they they give him their imperfect abilities long enough to become something and do something by the grace of God. I just that's what I want. Because I know how imperfect you know I am. I know how I still can't spell very good and my posts I spell things wrong and I still don't read good. <laughs> you know? You need to um, send me your stuff. Well. To yeah, I know. <laughs> read well. And yeah, read good, you know. Yeah. I said I like that on purpose for the record. I can speak decent, but that's about it, you know. I write well, good. Well, you made it back. Um, somebody yeah. very, very dear to me did not. Mm. And um, I do not blame the United States. I'm not making it back. I blame the IED and who buried it there. Um, have I forgiven? Yes. Will I forget? No. No, you do not forget. Um, I can forgive the person or the people, but I cannot forgive the deed, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Getting down to some nitty gritty here. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. What or who inspires Byron Rogers and why? That's a good question. You're welcome. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I've got Corinthians 1510. Um, Got like 11 hours of tattoo on my back. It's a big cross, like, um, and it's really a memorial to that event I just told you about when I was getting blown up. And Paul's talking about in that verse, 
you know, he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And that grace was not given to me in vain because I went harder than them all. Yet, not by my strength, but by the grace that God's given me. And so, hey, you know, growing up as a single, like with my mom being a parent, and then with my dad being so strong, but always at work. He's one. Of, he's an extremely successful entrepreneur in the Bahamas. He was always working. Um, I had a very hard time finding role models. Uh, you know, in church, they're all like, you know, Brother Jeff will be with you. And I, like, look at Brother Jeff, and I'm like, this dude's like, I mean, he's a good guy. He's a good guy, but he's, like, he's soft. Like, he's not, like, I can't really look up to him. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, like, I can look up to certain He's not going to dangle you from me. I appreciate him, you know, and I appreciate what he's done. And he seems like a good guy, you know, but I never, you know, I never, I had a really big problem finding masculine role models that I could really respect like that. Um, and so through my life, I've always kind of had that problem. I've studied a lot of different generals and warlords and, and men that have done great things. But I, at the end of the day, who inspires me honestly that is that is a mix between the holy spirit and wanting to be wanting to not let the grace he's shown me be in vain so i'm inspired to be better than i was yesterday and i'm studying many different people at any given time and i'm downloading their information and i'm learning from their experiences because there is a stinking timer going right now <clears throat> And we're spending God's currency together right now. And he's going to come back, like, in that story, I'm going to be before him, and he's going to look at me, and he's going to say, you know, were you a good steward with the talents I gave you? You know, I gave you these years. I gave you this many talents. And is it going to be, you wicked servant, you buried the talents and you threw them, you know, you buried them because you were worried that, you know, I'm a hard man and, you, you were scared, or are you going to be one of the guys where it's well done, that good and faithful servant to him who has more will be given and to him who doesn't have even that, what, what he has will be taken away, you know, and that's in the Bible. You can't get mad at me for saying that, you know, I just want the grace he's shown me not to be in vain. And so I go hard and it's because of the dunamis. It's because of the, the strength and the grace that he's given me. And in that strength is just there to inspire others because this world will be so amazing if the body you know of christ or if the good people here get that and start doing the same thing because when god wants to get something done on this planet he sends a man he sends a woman that's how that's what's really going on here that's why the world is the way it is because we have dominion here and so what inspires me is to be a, a warrior for the light and for order and for him and to inspire other people to look in the mirror and not despise small beginnings and just be like, you know what? Like I look in the mirror, I, have, I see my imperfections, but I know that through the process he's sending me through, if I'm faithful to go through that process and give my the widow's might or give my imperfection to that and work on it, he's got the blueprint, but I'm the master builder. I've got to get it done down here. So if I'm doing that, that's what's inspiring me. And then what? And then it becomes... It takes on a life of its own because then you start to realize what you can actually do. And then you start to acquire more um, um, confidence. You know, I've killed the lion. I've killed the tiger. I've killed the bear. Now, if 
by the grace of God, I'm going to kill this Philistine. That's what David said. You know, so you get these struggle credentials and, you know, faith without works is dead. But once you, you've become strong enough to do more, he can do more with you. And it's this really amazing journey. It's the most amazing journey you can go on in life. Start to understand that he who dares greatly wins by the grace of God. So that's who inspires me. You know, like he gives me these plans and the stronger I get, the more I can actually attach to the vision he's given me. And the more I, me and him have gotten through things, the more I know I can do. And I'm inspired by being better and stronger and smarter and more efficient, more effective to inspire others, to contribute to others and to serve others from a higher place of power every single day. Well, you had brought up David and Goliath, and that reminded me of something that I read today. I do not remember where I read it. Because today has just been kind of a blur. I've been so busy. Yeah. But what I got out of it was people do a lot of talking and they say, pray, 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 pray. And, you know, prayer is important and talking about God is important and sharing the love of Christ is important. But Goliath was not killed until David picked up the stones. Yep. He did something. Right. While everybody else stood back and prayed. Right. And that, that I think is really what, what makes the difference because faith without works is dead. This, this planet, everything here, it's impossible to please the father without faith. You know, everything that happens here, God wants to change the outcome of this planet. He sends Jesus. He sends any of the people that you read. He sends David, but we have that, that freedom of choice. And so nothing happens until we actually choose to do what it is we're faced with and it's going to be bigger than us and it's going to be scarier than us and that's the point because then it's really going to be something that's done by the grace of god not your own strength exactly exactly (laughs) so sometimes it's time to face the goliath in our lives absolutely well I could talk all night. Anyway. I could too. It's all for my long answers, you know. <laughs> oh, no, no. That's what I wanted. Okay, Absolutely. thanks for letting me paint the picture. No problem. Don't forget to send me merch. I already sent you my address. I saw that. I got uh, you. <laughs> the time has come to say goodnight. Because we were out of time a long time ago. <laughs> I do love doing these interviews. And I really want you to come back. Only because... I like doing these interviews. It's not because I like you. I just want to do the interviews. You know, no, I, just like, I love it. I like you. Thank you for everything. It's an honor to be here. Well, your informative and security is so important, especially in today's world. Talking about it, oh, I will kick your butt if you do this. You know, that's the type of person that I would totally walk away from. It's the person who wants to kick my butt but doesn't say it. Mm-hmm. That's the one I want to watch out for. Oh, 100%. That's the dangerous one. Can I say one more thing, too? Absolutely. Uh, the security thing, too. For And also, the second huge body of information that we've created that you guys have access to is, um, you'll find it in any of my social media platforms. Probably the best place to watch it is on YouTube. But my the tactical protection reviews. Where I actually oh, I love those. <laughs> Thank you. I love those. Yeah. So if they you want to learn, very that, informative. 
very, very informative. I watch those. I have the alert thing that comes on. Every time you get one on, it's like, yes, Byron. And so, <laughs> and so I go watch it. Okay. Outstanding. No, it's... no listeners, I am not obsessed with Byron. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a good man and a good friend. Thank Tell you. us where we can find you, Byron. Absolutely. So my website, byronrogers.com. B-Y-R-O-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S.com. Um, most of my content hits Instagram first, Byron underscore Rogers. Um, and, you know, I'm also on LinkedIn and stuff, but the other major platform would be YouTube. And if you just look for Byron Rogers, B-Y-R-O-N-R-O-D-G-E-R-S, you will find me there as well. And you will not be disappointed at his, his uh, videos and what he does on YouTube. Or maybe I should say, I'm not disappointed. If you're disappointed, well, then you go watch something else. Yeah, you got options. You got options. <laughs> there you go. And for the individual that you choose, whether they write an essay on why they should come to your symposium, or yeah. or if it's just you just pray about it and the Lord tells you who out of whoever, even if it's just one person, well, you know, it's that that's an easy pick. But um, if you could t tell them where to contact you. Oh, absolutely. So if you go to my website, the contact me page would be the best place to, to contact me. So Byron, byronrogers.com, contact me page. So a quick paragraph, introducing yourself, any social media links you want me to see or anything like that. And, um, That'd be the best way to contact me. Or just for sake of speed, you can send an email to admin at protectornation.com. There you go. That's admin at protectornation.com for the individual or individuals that would like to attend his symposium. And he chooses which one and Phoenix Federation LLC International will pay for that person to go. Outstanding. Well, everyone, this ends the broadcast for me tonight. And I want to thank Byron for being my special guest around my campfire and giving us all some things to think about. Thank you, Byron. It's an honor, Kate. Thanks so much for having me anytime. You say when, I'll be there. And um, yeah, thank you. So I consider it an honor to, that you share your platform and your tribe with me and love what you're doing in the world. I'm glad we're connected. Awesome. Remember, everyone, train hard and train smart to survive, thrive, and stay alive. This is Kate signing off until next time.